0: Once forged in the fires of PR and journalism, Curtis Dewar and Corey Westbrook united to create C Squared. Now on our podcast, we interview musicians and other industry professionals to give you an inside look on how to take your music to the next level.
1: Hello and welcome to another edition of C-Squared Podcast. Your host, Curtis, with my co-host, Aliyah. And we are here today with Shane, who is from They Watch From The Moon, uh, which is a very interesting band with a very interesting image. Uh, they are going to be releasing a new album, uh, hopefully next year at some point. Uh, so we thought we'd have him on, and he's going to discuss their various projects that they do and all sorts of stuff. So before we begin, uh, first of all, I just want to say thank you, Shane, for joining us. Thank you for having me. Appreciate it. You are very welcome, and with that, we are going to get Leah to start with the proceedings. Cool.
0: Watch me unmute myself. That helps when I'm talking. Um. So, Shane, before we dive in, could you just give people a really brief summary of who you are and what you do in the realms of heavy music?
2: Um. Well, my I go by Shane Thirteen, and uh, this will be, um. My third decade of playing heavy music, over three decades actually. I just turned 50. And um, I played all through my teens and 30s and like touring thrash metal bands and uh, took a time off for my kid and all that stuff. And I just came back to music a few years ago and had this crazy idea um, to start this band. And uh, um, I'm not sure people heard the name yet but um we're hoping that changes
1: here in the near future. Oh, I have a question. Um I don't think I've ever asked you this before. How did you guys come up with your names for the uh, band members? Um
2: it it kind of runs on a personality thing, you know? Um we actually we have a new member. We're we're um uh got a new bass player and the the dude comes with the most comic book hero rock and roll name ever and i was talking to him last night i was like i don't think we got to change your name and his, get this his, his name is rain charger
1: that's, oh, his, real that's
2: his real name this is real name wow okay cool keep your name well, before
0: we dive too far into this maybe we could talk about like what's the the concept behind your band right so you have characters you have stage names personas and stuff talk to us a little bit about the concept behind the
2: band the concept is, um, I'm well, I'm big into alien conspiracies and Planet X and all that kind of stuff. So I, I needed a place to put all these wacky ideas. But the idea of the concept or the, the premise of the band is that um, we were a rock and roll band that got, um, like I said, a, a doom metal band that got a gig playing at the base of the pyramids in Giza, right? Wow, nice. And our sonic residents somehow activated this ancient technology that exists inside the pyramids and um, signaled um, an evil alien that hides on the moon. And he was able to kidnap us through this transportation device. (laughs) And uh, up to the moon we go. And um, don't spoil the whole thing, but uh, we come um, to be entertainers in the um, court of the Emperor of the Moon and
1: all the crazy That just
0: sounds epic in and of itself
1: yeah
2: entertainers
0: in the court of the emperor of the moon
1: so yeah i, I have a quick follow-up question to this uh just because I, I i think like this so uh how much of the alien stuff do you believe in how much do you not believe
2: i believe in a lot of it man cool. i really i've had i've had wild experiences cool um cool. i've had a couple ufo sightings i've had a, a missing time experience
1: that was so, so you're not taking the piss out of it that's what i wanted to clarify
2: No, uh -uh. Um, you know, if you go back, there's a character named Zachariah Sitchin, who is a archaeologist of sorts. And um, he dug up these um, scrolls from ancient Mm Samaria and they depict um, the origins of man, which are these people called the Anunnaki from a different planet in our solar system that um, exists out there on a far elliptical orbit. And um, the Sumerians wrote down this history that that's how human beings got to be human beings was they created us and their image. And cool. uh, there's, it's crazy history, man. It just, I, I'm trying to tie in crazy history, um, conspiracy theory, comic books, and doom metal <laughs>
1: interesting so crazy um, recipe okay i'm not going to follow up right now i'll uh, keep us on track here otherwise we're going to be talking about ufo conspiracies for the next 30 yeah months. let's
0: not well i mean that's for another podcast maybe um <laughs>
1: podcast on that altogether. Sure.
0: yeah um but let's talk about it does sound like it's really perfect for this whole comic book setup um so you're working with um
2: his name is rick rick laura awesome is that where you're going with that
0: yeah yeah to uh create these comic books and there's a series
2: yeah we're just about we we did a test run of this idea a couple of years ago like right before covid happened and i was like i just want to see what happens let's just do something i had another guy involved in it it got too much for him he ducked out um found rick Um, And we're doing this reboot, and uh, the new art is way dark. Um, If anybody's seen the cover of our single that we put out just last December, um, it's that kind of dark gray and black art. And um, we're kind of trying to go a little darker with the imagery, um, um, really connotate the idea that the idea of aliens is really terrifying you know so that's what we're going for
0: yeah you want to you want to go with the horror element versus the uh whimsical
2: right idea exactly
1: so kind of as a bit of a follow-up to that so how does a band that is relatively unknown uh go about having the balls to even do a comic book because that's pretty ballsy because that's like kiss level
2: have a lot of energy I could tell (laughs) um I I don't know man I mean there's a lot of stuff going on in Mm -hmm. in my head and it's got to have a place to go you know and uh um my sole purpose as a human being over the last several years has been raising my kid and he's about ready to graduate high school and teeter off into the world. And mm-hmm. I got to have something to do Fair. Um, he's been fairly independent for a while. And now I'm in this creative explosion. We all are. The whole band is right now having a creative explosion. Um, but I don't know, man. Just it's got to go somewhere. Fair. Fair
1: enough. Just curious. OK, I'll, I'll let you take back over.
0: And it really, I mean, it really has gone somewhere into this music. And then you have, um, you know, the costumes that you wear on stage and your characters. And um, can you just talk about how that kind of crystallized and became reality? Like, which steps did you go through first? Which vision did you, did did you plot out goals? Like, how did you accomplish everything?
2: Well, first came the name. Um, We were, we were kind of like a, I mean, we were a garage band just, hanging out dads doing dad stuff playing music and uh we're like hey this is kind of good uh wow and uh the name came about we were going by a different name and i wrote like all these names on a piece of paper and uh i was like you know this is what we should call our ep what do you guys think of these of names and they watch us from the moon was on there and everybody's like oh we should call it that i'm like everybody loves that name really oh wow i figured they'd be like um whatever and uh i was like that's what we should call the band and that's how we got the band name but uh it just kind of developed into sitting around i mean i don't know if i can say it or not i'm gonna say it because it's the truth we're sitting around getting stoned like hey <clears throat> you know it'd be fun if we uh if we were a science fiction doom metal band and it was like we should wear costumes and it just it just happened and uh i was doing costuming stuff and cosplay with my kid when he was growing up because we're star wars nerds and he as a little kid he wanted to go to conventions in costume so just kind of like snowballed into
0: developing a whole new skill set
2: yeah yeah and now we're making costumes and running around with laser guns and i did get star wars vibes for sure (laughs) Oh, yeah, Star Wars, Battlestar Galactica. Uh, gosh, it, I, it's it, all that stuff ate up my youth.
1: So yeah. I I kind of was wondering, um, I hope hopefully you don't take this offensive in any way, shape or form, because I like how I like the band's image. But how are you going to separate yourself from being like a gore type thing in the future? Or do you care? Do you want to be like that type of thing where it's like you're just, that's the main focus?
2: I'll, I'll take gore money. Fair, fair.
1: I'm, fair, g- I'm fair,
2: good with that. Fair. I mean, w- really. I mean, I've I've talked to the band about this. At some point, I'd stop marketing it like a a a rock band and start marketing it like a theatrical troupe.
1: So you want to do that? Okay.
2: I mean, my ultimate vision is it, it's a it's a live action comic book that follows the narrative of the comic book that it actually exists. You know.
0: Okay.
2: So, um. I'm I'm open to all kinds of ideas. It wouldn't bother me to... this is what I did for a living full time. You
1: know, okay. I take more money. So, you, but, so you, you're down, you're down with that, okay?
2: And the funny thing is, I mean, I come from hardcore scene. Like, I was a punk rock kid in the '80s, right? Yeah. Into the hardcore thing, and then into metal and metalcore and all that. And I've got friends of mine from the hardcore scene that are pissed off at me. For doing this It's like what are you costumes for man what the come on like dude lighten up man i mean there's bands like yob and like you know other doom bands that wear cloaks and cowls and stuff like that so it's it's not far off the mark yeah
1: i mean i guess i guess if you want to be perceived in that way it's okay
2: yeah i mean People kind of get goofy on it too until they see us live or they hear the music and they're like, "Yep, Oh, it's, it's opera. I'm like, yeah, yep. it's opera.
1: Yeah. That was one of my concerns at first when when we, when we were going to be, when we started working with you rather was uh, the image. Cause I was like, well, are they going to be looked at upon as like a gore clone before anybody can actually listen to them. But I think you kind of explained like, you don't really mind, and it's like it, the th- theater is the is the primary focus, but you also want to have high quality songs, right?
2: Yeah, totally. I mean, I'll, Dave Brocky was a buddy of mine back in the day. You know, I cool. mean, one of my first experiences was opening up for Gwar. You know, they used to come around to shows all the time, and I mean, I find a lot of honor in that to cool. be lumped in that crowd cool it's funny because we're kind of getting our we've had critical acclaim by several different critics Mm -hmm. in the the doom scene and that's awesome you know Mm -hmm. i love that that's that's what we're you know we we started calling it doom opera you know that's the way i describe it anyway people say different things but
1: makes sense as long as long as you' self as long as you keep the self-awareness there and you know what you're going for I mean it should work. Yeah I mean so far working I mean
2: yeah. people like look at it like what are, what the f- is this and then
1: <laughs> I know we had a few things with the single last year than that wow, this is actually really good stuff like so, yep 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 uh, but anyway, so we're kind of straying a little bit off the path. Aaliyah, bring us back.
0: Um, I kind of want to talk about your um, South by Southwest showcase yeah. show that's coming up uh, early next year. Can you explain what that is?
2: Well, um, the we are playing the uh, Gravitoid Heavy Music um, Festival showcase that happens um, at the South by Southwest uh, festival in uh, Austin. March 14th is our slot um, at uh, Butt Coffee is the name of the venue. Um, so how South by Southwest works is like there's the big formal um, venue shows and conferences and all that stuff, which is crazy stuff all to go to. There's all kinds of industry and so on and so forth there. But then what happens is Austin turns into – the rest of the festival. So just tens and thousands of people dump into Austin and every venue in town offers a showcase for people to go and check out new bands and up and coming artists and things like that. So we got lucky and scored uh one of those with Gravitoid heavy music which is um, a network opportunity uh
0: yeah, how did you come up come across that? Connect with the right people because you guys are in Kansas,
2: so we're in Kansas. <laughs> um, Doom Charts, he's a Doom Chart contributor. That organization's contributor contributor to Doom Charts, and um, you know we get a lot of love over there. We really we're excited to release this new record because of that. So um, we got a lot of people looking out for us right now, uh, specifically from. You know, the doom charts, doomed in stone folks. And um, they're showing us a lot of love and we're
1: doing what we can. They're obsessed. So if you had to f- oh,
0: go ahead, Curtis. I was just going
1: to say, I was just going to comment. They're all obsessed. Everybody we sent the fucking song to last year just like, loved it.
2: Yeah. The cool thing is, we haven't heard the good shit yet. There's, now you're setting yourself up now, now, now. setting the bar high yeah, yeah. I, did, I plan on it I'm braggadocious all the way I believe in what we're doing cool. I really do. that's so awesome we started cool. working with the, and, and, I'll, I'll, and I'll explain why I feel that way so we got signed to New Heavy Sounds which is out of the United Kingdom and uh, it's uh, run by a couple of the guys that um, currently blowing up mammoth weed wizard bastard which is humongous in europe um but that label is run by jed murphy and paul cox and paul cox is responsible for people like stereo lab pj harvey uh iconic musicians and and people within the greater scene that have made forever marks you know and uh we're extremely fortunate and lucky to be aligned with somebody like that and uh they believe in us and uh we're gonna let them do their thing you know we just issued them a couple of radio edits for some of our songs because i think they they got some they got some catch. so we're gonna see what happens
0: so if you wanted to i guess phrase your offer some tips because we're we're a music business podcast right most of the people who listen to us a lot of them are fellow musicians. And so if you say that you learned like two or three tips from the experiences recently in this last um, chapter for your band where you're getting this gig at South by Southwest or in the city during South by Southwest and getting signed to a record label. What are some of your top tips for for musicians like how to achieve that kind of goal?
2: When your band is in downtime, whether that's creative time or you're waiting for um, production to come back, or you're waiting for art to come back, whatever it is, that's causing you downtime. Uh, always be networking. Always, always be networking. And then when you are not in downtime and you're in go time and things are really happening, you should also be networking all the time. Always connect your dots. That's the biggest tip I can give people. And um. It's one of the easiest things to do, you know. Talk to people, go places, do things, introduce yourself when you're there. You know, wallflowers don't dance. If you want to dance, you got to get out on the dance floor, and that's kind of what I do. i
1: Drop. <laughs> um, so, Ali, we've got about ten more minutes left. Do we want to take over? Do we want to talk to him about the uh, strain thing? Oh yeah. Okay. Take so, the stage,
0: Curtis. Um,
1: Well, we all know how much I love weed. I don't. I'm not a smoker at all. Um, I don't smoke weed. Aliyah doesn't smoke weed. But I do want to talk about this for a minute. I'm prefacing myself just in case anybody thinks that I've switched. Um, So you guys have gotten into the weed business, apparently. So can you kind of go over that a little bit?
2: Yeah, we're about ready to launch. um, Well, it'll be probably um, middle of uh, 2023. We're going to launch our own strain of cannabis um, it'll be called They Watch Us From the Moon. Um, I'm working with a uh, scientist, a botanist um, from a company called Traditional Seed Company that uh, is out of Missouri. Um, legal operations in Missouri. And, and uh, what we're going to do is um, offer seeds for um, mail order for folks that are able to get those kinds of things. And, um, we've kind of tiptoed into the marketing a little bit, but um, we'll start really jamming on it here pretty soon. But we're asking people start asking for it at your local shops. So when we call them, they want to have they want orders. So that's what we're doing. you know, so, It's the wave of the future.:
1: So I've got a couple questions on this, and forgive me for being naive on these things because again, I don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't have anything to do with it. Um, So number one, um, I know it's not completely legal in the United States unless something has changed that I'm unaware of. So how how expensive was it for you to kind of like make sure you guys were in the legal end of things? Because like my understanding is if you get busted for selling seeds to the wrong state.
2: We're going through this company called Traditional Seed Company, um, which is licensed and registered as a legal operation in uh, Missouri, which is currently medical, but it's flipping to recreational in February. Ah. Oh, I get it. Um, But as it is, as long as it's coming from a legal operation, you can sell it to other legal operations Ah. across the planet in seed form. I get it. It arrives at the grow operation behind the dispensary or whatever the dispensary uses for grow operations. And uh, they... You know, it's like 31 flavors. Since you've never been to a dispensary, you won't know. But um, there's bajillions of strains that do different things. Sure. And um, what we're trying to do is capture the psychedelic couch lock market, which you don't know what that means? About. I have no idea what that means, no.
1: Me there's neither.
2: people in your listenership who are like, oh, cool. You know, they know they know it's coming. So,
1: Is uh, it called psychedelic
2: cow? What? Well, what we're going for is a is a is a heavy duty what's called couch lock. Oh couch. I thought you said cow lock. Okay. Couch. Couch. I okay. heard couch. I heard cow. Okay. Did you say, say divan in Canada? Divan lock. I I don't, can... Duvet. No? No,
1: that's France.
2: Okay. Well.
1: Psychedelic so couch
2: lock is what it's called. Well, that's just kind of what the feel we're going for for the strain. You know, we want something very psychoactive that kind of you know let you know what you're dealing with
1: oh i see what it is i I, I just googled it I, I i sort of get it now okay okay yeah i get it i get it okay now that now that i've been cleared up on my stoner terms um so declare okay so now how how is this going to benefit the band like how are you gonna tie it into the band i guess is what i want to know
2: well um it's just part of our branding um part of our marketing scheme Uh, We want stoners of all genres to know that we're doing this. And um, we feel we have a really wide appeal. We're trying to reach a larger market um, of demographics through cannabis. Cannabis is its own culture. Um, Mm -hmm. Cannabis is its own economy, its own uh, marketing patterns and things of that nature. Um, And we're trying to capture, you know, part of that industry that matters to the thing that we're doing which is creating psychedelic
1: sci-fi stoner rock so i have a question so just in terms of the marketing and again pardon me if this is stupid because i'm just trying to see how it all fits together so i get the name is going on the seeds or whatever it is however it is you guys are selling it how do, how do you get people to know that you're a band? Is there like something on the we product? Have, we're going to have information.
2: We'll probably put, you know, uh, a link or, you know, it, there'll be information within the packaging to take you right to music sites, whatever we're doing. And it'll all be LinkedIn. Okay. We've we started to do some outreach on our Instagram and things of that nature as well to let people know we're, this is part of our branding as well and then we'll come out with new merch um in the spring and we're going to have
1: grinders and one hitters and you guys got the whole you guys got the whole thing going holy crap <laughs> that's good, interesting okay alia do we have any more questions on the uh, weed angle here i think the only th- okay so my final question on that before we get to our final final questions is are you worried about getting stereotyped due to that because I know some bands kind of make that into their thing. I'm
2: not, I'm not worried about it, man. I mean,
1: we're,
2: I mean, at this point in time and in history, it's all subgenre this and subgenre that. Yeah. And I mean, look how horrible it is to be clutch pigeonholed like that. Yeah. And they sell out rooms all over the flipping planet and war pigeonhole yeah. them. Yeah. Who cares? You know, pigeonhole me all you want. Fair. Just curious.
1: You, I, just, I, you have a goal. You you know what you want, I guess. So that's
2: I want to I want to play music worldwide. Yeah. And I think um cannabis legalization and and those issues that come with it are are important for the planet. You know cannabis look into it. Cannabis save the planet promise.
1: Cool, cool cool awesome so Alia, what do we want to wrap up with for some final questions I guess
0: um that is all we had on the list okay so, well like
1: well, we can do a couple goofy ones if you want before we. Wrap yeah up. so sure. so what so what's what's the favorite stoner snack for uh they watches from the from the moon
2: oh I well, I can only speak for myself I don't know I mean I want to know what the moon Emperor eats
1: let's yeah let's hear what the moon emperor eats. <laughs>
2: Boy, that's 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 deep. I don't know yet. I we have to we'll have to get into a storyline on that at some point. Okay. What, <laughs> what is, we'll, what is, we'll stick with you for now.
1: What is the shade's uh, go-to snack for when he's uh baked?
2: Um I well I'm a diabetic, so everything I have to do is uh sugar free or Fair. keto and all that, but um you get uh, keto ice cream and I don't know what that is. It's it's a Low calorie, low carb, no sugar oh, wow. ice cream, wow. and I like I like making shakes like banana pe- peanut butter shakes with keto ice cream and uh, almond milk, so there's not very much sugar any of that jive in it. That's my favorite.
1: Star- cool cool. Uh, so now I got to ask the stereotypical question: typical question, Star Trek or Star Wars, and why?
2: Star Wars. I love both, but Star Wars all the way. I I was. Uh, a five-year-old kid in 77 when the movie came out and um, my mom says I was standing in the seat and when the first that big giant cruiser comes over the top of the screen my mom Mm -hmm. said my jaw dropped I didn't say a word for two hours and I've been like that about Star Wars my entire life
1: nice okay um anything um any any other type of of sci-fi movies that you would recommend to uh, these stoner people out there um oh my stargate fuck a stargate
2: oh there it's a it was a movie um about again uh pyramids in egypt and they uncover a stargate in Egypt that takes them to other planets. It always
0: goes back to Egypt.
2: It does. I'm telling you, there's there's a lot of weird stuff connected to uh, conspiracy land um, about Stargates and uh, the Middle East and Babylon. And but that's my favorite tie-in sci-fi conspiracy nut movie is Stargate.
1: Conspiracy nut movie. OK, um, what else do we want to I...
2: I have a, a question
0: you said you've had a lot of experience a, a lot of experiences i should say um so we have just a few minutes left maybe you could pick your most interesting story or one that you'd be open to sharing uh sure. on the podcast
2: so um all right one time this was uh years ago and i was in a band called truth cell uh which is on spotify and um me and the bass player were going down to my my dad's house to fix our van before a tour we just like tune up the van the old man's got every tool on the planet and uh he lived out in the country on a lake and we fixed up the van got the tune-up done nighttime came and this is out by wichita kansas which is a big giant air force base big giant air force base and we're out on the dock at the end of the evening smoking weed and uh my bass player his name was sean points up in the air, and he's like, what's that? I'm like, what is that? And there's this crazy light going back and forth in the sky. And we're like, holy crap. And it was like three, four miles off, but it was hauling ass. And we realized after a minute, there were F-14s everywhere on top, flying next to it, around it. They were like ushering it out of airspace is what it looked like to me. And they were in a hot scramble to do it. And this thing got close, like like 50 feet over top of the canopy, forest canopy, you know? Wow. And it was jet black, no shadow, no feature, no nothing. And it was a big, giant rectangle thing. And it just had that light boop, in the front of it. It was like a blue, white, bluish light that just went back in this U-shaped pattern thing and it passed right over the top of us and he and i looked at each other and it was like where's that joint <laughs> <When> we went, <laughs> there was just there was no comprehending or talking about it or explaining As was like did that did that really happen maybe that's we amazing. should yeah like what? what did we just see and wild that's that's one of experience one of the experiences i've had in my life it was just bizarre i couldn't believe it was that close i'd seen other things in the sky but not like right
1: there you know cool um i have a final question unless Aliyah has a final question okay um so what would be a uh book on ufos or an author on ufos you would recommend that people read assuming you're into ufo books because yeah, the first I'm, i've ever read just as a, just as an aside is Whitley Stryber, Stryber, have read, yeah, whitley's how you however yeah yeah
2: uh, my favorite UFO book is a book called Above Black. And if you can find it in print, get me a copy too. Um, What's it called?
1: The Boat Block? Above. Oh, above Black. Okay. Black, which is a yeah, reference.
0: I know you Canadians say about reaper.
1: We do. We do. We do.
2: It's a, It's about um, an Air Force officer who is, um, it's a true story. It's a true story. To- Supposedly true story. It's about an Air Force officer that um, was a part of a special program. He doesn't know exactly what he's doing for the first couple of years that he's doing it, but he figures out that he's, yeah, he figures out that he is um, um, being trained to telepathically communicate with aliens. And Mm -hmm. um, I, I won't get all into it. It's my favorite sci-fi book the most terrifying thing about it and this does not give away the plot at all. The most terrifying thing about it to me was they don't call us humans. They don't call us animals or cockroaches or anything. The aliens refer to us as water vessels.
1: Water vessels, interesting. Yeah.
2: So, uh the t- easiest way to move an ocean if you got it to walk wherever it is you want it to go. Oh
1: um, to clarify, now you said it was sci-fi, so it's not so it's fiction. It's not. Well,
2: it's it it's supposed it claims to be uh, non-fiction, but as far as like alien books go, that's that's my favorite. That always comes to mind. I guess okay. I did. I, I skipped over the fiction part, but
1: yeah, because I was trying favorite. to understand. I was like, is this fiction or is this no, non-fiction? It, okay, it's, it's supposed to be
2: non-fiction, but okay. you know, who knows? Yeah, but that's my favorite. Alien UFO cool. book. Cool, um, Alia. Did you want to ask
1: another
0: question? This is a question I like to ask everyone: um, but McDonald's or Wendy's? It's very basic, but I'm always curious.
2: Golly, I'm a sucker for the McRib, so it's got to be McDonald's. McRib exists still. So? this is the last
0: apparently it's you they're making it for
1: it's the last it's the last run oh okay i i don't think they have that up here so but they come out they come out
0: the farewell tour
1: yeah Hmm.
2: i'm up six for the season
0: (laughs) all right nice um well um Thank you for coming on the podcast. I think we covered a lot of good information. And I know my video is glitching out, but I hope
2: my audio is okay
0: to tell you all. Until next time, make like a
2: bull and throw those horns up. Thank you for having me.
0: If you enjoyed this podcast, please help spread the word by leaving us a five-star review on your platform of choice. You can also join the conversation by following us on any social media and suggesting guests or topics you'd like to learn more about. Thanks for listening to C Squared.